Oh, hey, weirdos. It's Mai again, the Cosmic Nomad. And today we're going to be talking to my good friend, Lauren chandler Guyett, And she's amazing. She's been working in the film industry as long as I've known her. She's been on a lot of good shows like Kim's Convenience. And Jesus, the list is so fucking long. She's just recently worked on Run the Burb Season 1, Pretty Hard Cases, Strays, like The Good Witch and many others it's it's she's fucking amazing an amazing assistant director writer talented fucking person very fucking sweet i love her so much and we're going to be talking about the film industry and all these amazing other things and we're not going to hold any punches so it's going to be an interesting interesting fun episode so check it out (laughs) you did it success yeah i'm like fuck that camera for now don't get me wrong i love that camera camera's no 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 i hear you just gonna turn this down. Sorry, give me one sec. But it's recording right now, so don't worry. I'm just uh, I like oh, okay. to set up and record. There you go. More neutral color. Nice. Too blue here, but it doesn't really matter at this point. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> See, the camera angle also blocked this shit, which is the bed. Look at all this. <laughs> So it was like on this way rather than this way. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, there you go. There's a I blue know, bed I'm behind me. But I love the here, surfboard so though. I love the surfboard. I'm, thank you. I'm trying to block out though all of our storage boxes as well and just have more <laughs> of the office look that we have. <laughs> no, it's good. It was like nice. hat. I cut my hair off and I was like, fuck, yeah. Yeah. Nice. But yeah. So all right, let's get into this. Let's do it. <laughs> Um, so it's been a while and, um, let's get into it. So my thing is like, how did you get into film really? Cause you're a creative weirdo. How did you get into film? Like oh, what was, what sparked you to be like, fuck, I'm going to do this. Oh, it's sort of, I'm one of those process of elimination kind of people. I realized what I didn't like doing and it led me in the direction of what I ended up doing, which is working in film. So When I finished high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do, So, but I liked reading. Mm -hmm. So I got an English degree. Then I went to um, Laurier and double majored in film and English because you watch a ton of movies, even in all these English lit courses. So I was like, well, why don't I just double it up? Got my double major in that, finished university, still didn't know what I wanted to do, and then applied to Sheridan College at an Oakville mm. and did an eight-month um, advanced television and film program there, hoping to sort of get into some sort of, um, uh, you know, sort of program where they hook me up with a job. And I did that, but I ended up getting my job through actually a boyfriend I had at the time, his cousin worked at a commercial and music video house. And so I just started um, doing an internship there to finish my schooling. And then they hired me on afterwards as like their sort of front desk office manager. And then it went from there. And that was sort of, you know, again, it's just like a process of elimination of things I didn't enjoy doing and um, wanting to be around creative people and ended up there. And then it just sort of like, snowballed there was no um specific program really to get you into film i mean to be honest with you i think i could have i learned a lot at sheridan but i might have been able to even just like skip it and get right into 
production assisting on jobs and maybe save myself a bit of cash, but I'll never, um, you know, I had a, I met a lot of really great people at that Sheridan program. So it was beneficial to me, but I think I could have also just sort of PA'd on some sets and found my way in and then just went from one non-union job to the next until I ended up joining the union. And now here I am almost 12 years later. I, yeah. yeah, probably been more time flies and just sort of went from one job to the next. Yeah. So that was it for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> as long as I've known you, I've, you were in film. I was like, yeah, because I knew Jill first and then, and then I met you through Jill. And then I was like, oh, cool. She's doing, that's fucking dope. And then yeah. like later I, on, Jill got into that. But yeah. Well, I think it's just, I think a lot of, um, you know, my, a lot of people in film have some sort of connection to it. My parents both didn't work in the industry. They were both actually high school principals. So I just sort of had to run with it on my own. But I think if you want something badly enough and you work towards it and you can find a way to get your foot in the door, you should be able to sort of pursue and work yeah. from there and get your way in. So that's how I did it. And now, you know, I'm not, it's definitely still hard to get into specific spots of it, whether that's writing or directing. Right now I'm the second assistant director, which I've done for a very long time now, mm-hmm. which of course I enjoy, but yes, getting into those very creative roles um, is still a challenging thing yeah. to do for sure. Yeah, that, that there's still gatekeepers as of today. And uh, yeah. it's, eh, I have my own beefs with that <laughs> whole thing, as you know, we talk a lot about that. Um, no, so since then, like, your trajectory be uh, from not going to film school and now yeah. bypassing that, because a lot of people don't think that they need film school. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, my program was just so short, I guess is what it is as well. It's an eight month program. We did a quick short, three short films is what we did one minute, uh, I think three or five minute, and then a a longer film, maybe 10 minutes or so. Can't even remember it so long ago, but you know, that sort of helped me figure out what jobs there were in it. But once again, you're going into classes that are Um, producing, writing, directing, not so much the niche or things what I'm doing now as a second assistant director. So like I'd never even really heard about that job until I got into the industry. Um, I think there was some sound program stuff, some camera stuff, but um, it was good. It's just, you know, I think I could have figured it out. Otherwise, I think, you know, I was really in it for some sort of um, internship which, you know, when I found out, I sort of just ended up getting it through a friend at that time, made me think, well, could I have just bypassed this and gone in and done that from the get-go? Did I need to be doing? So that's all it is. And of course, you know, coming out of university to do uh, this advanced film and television program was money I just didn't have, you know? Like I had to take out a loan at that point to get even more schooling. And I think that's what a big part of it is for myself at like, 22 years old, um, now I need to, you know, I've got this university degree, which I knew wouldn't necessarily be practical and get me into the workforce. But I also didn't really expect to have to spend another sort of 10 grand right at the get go. And I also didn't want to just start working at a job that wasn't in the field I wanted to do and suddenly um, lose years getting stuck in, you know, some sort of like the office temp situation. (laughs) 
So I rather, I, you know, I took out the loan and spent the money and then took some time paying it back. And there you go. But I, I've got, I guess what I'm saying is I could have saved that 10 grand and done something else with it for oh, sure. Yeah. You could have made a short, <laughs> you could have made a bunch of shorts. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's yeah. The thing. and for an eight month program, that is a lot, you know, not knocking Sheridan or anything. It was great, but that was an expense to myself or did I just forego university altogether and should I've just gone to college you know these mm. are all it's all hindsight right should yeah. I just I've, of course I wouldn't have got into the advanced film and television program because I think you would have needed you needed to have either some sort of preschooling or experience in the industry some people that were in that program you know were in their 30s 40s 50s but what the fuck though well at that point what do you need it for yeah like because i i think there's (laughs) i think the system feeds like people to the beast as they say like the financial school thing and not really telling them the the straight way to get in you know of course lead them on a weird tangent to weed them out number one and two yeah um those that don't give a fuck about the like the whole normal way to get in we'll find a way and those are the people that will get in and uh, I completely agree yeah so that's why if you want it badly enough you'll find you'll find that route and you'll make that connection and you will get your foot in the door somehow so I guess I was looking for sort of the easy way looking for an internship through them so but didn't work out (laughs) everybody has everybody has has a path to get to the the same place but to tell people there's only one path is yes. bullshit and that's that's the that's the beef that i have with a lot of things in the system and i always tell people listen hey if you want to go there there's always multiple ways to get to the same point you yeah. know and i've had a lot of people in the past get mad at me because i bypassed uh, certain steps and not because i'm like oh i'm you know i'm this person i can do this no it's more like listen i don't want to spend years and years of my life doing something that i could have done in a matter of months and waste thousands and thousands of dollars and be in debt and i'm like fuck yeah. no so i agree that's a thing that they don't tell a lot of people and that's always my 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 beef with the system yes i completely agree and you're right there is no one way to do it and i think that is a big question not i don't get asked it so much anymore but when i was in my you know mid-20s a lot of people's big question was how did you get into the industry because i think you're right a lot of people and that's why I always sort of mentioned my parents weren't in it because I think that's a big connection for people. Either some yeah. sort of that's the only way you really hear about it, right? Like I didn't know anyone it's working ne- in the industry. There's a lot of nepotism yeah. in the industry. You know, generational yeah. nepotism. It's it's crazy. Yeah. 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 But uh, I've seen that more as I got into it for sure. Oh yeah, you would see, especially it's not to knock people, but there's a lot of like in terms of camera departments that are generational. And mm-hmm. you see that a lot. And I'm like, okay, I understand. Now. I understand. <laughs> exactly. It clicks, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, I see the connection. Yeah. And even if they've never, like, granted, they've grown up with that gear and their parents sure. are doing this. I understand that. But being technically proficient compared to, like, creatively, it's, 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 it's not, oh, it doesn't always mix. It's yeah. like the most technical illustrators are not the best creative illustrators. You know what I mean? Or any other field, it's like you're technical. For sure. It doesn't mean you have creativity in a certain sense. Well, and so much of this industry too, I mean, I was um, saying the other day to someone that 
as it's difficult to manage because there are and a lot of my job is managing people and there's a lot of creatives in this industry but unfortunately you're being asked to be creative but on a budget and on a very tight time frame so it doesn't lend itself to someone just being creative you also do have to be very scheduled um very good with time management, very good with budgeting, because otherwise it's like you just have that creative aspect. It doesn't really work in this industry, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it's sad <laughs> to say. Uh, yeah. It helps. It helps. I think there's like it once I think it comes down to this. It's not when the beginning, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And mm-hmm. then to keep you going is you obviously can't be an asshole. You, you know, it's at all. If you're an asshole, people are going to find out of it and you're eventually going to be like weeded out. That's another thing. And then the creativity will help you stay longer because then you're constantly generating things. So you just have to get inside. That's the real challenge, getting inside. Exactly. Yeah. And then also not, once you get into, it's also about not being like pigeonholed into something as well, right? Mm Because once you've done one job, it's really hard to like, leave and move up into that job. I remember when I was a production assistant and I was looking to move up, I had a director tell me like, if you want to move up, you have to not be so good at your job. I'm like, what does that even mean? And, but it does make sense to me now. It honestly, like it was some great advice because if you're just too good at that, like running around and production assistant gig, they're going to leave you in that spot and never sort of see you as anything else. Mm. So I was like, I I don't even know how I managed to wrap my head around that piece of advice, although it was good. It's not like I started showing up late and like... It's like being typecasted as as that type type of character. You're always playing those roles. Yes. Yeah. It's the same with the job position. It can totally happen. Yeah. So... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. It's tough. It's a tough, uh, it's forever a hard industry to sort of wrap your head around and move around in for sure. Oh, yeah. No, I, I have my beefs. I have my beefs. Of not, it, it, <laughs> it, it, trans, it, it translates to other industries, too. I've talked to other people about this constantly. It's, it, it's, it's not just, it's, it's, a, it's a mindset also within, within uh, the, the country. And me and you always talk mm-hmm. about this. The, the country has a mindset and that affects uh, creative industries a lot. For sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'd like to know how my job could relate to other industries, but I just have no idea how any other job works out there. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm, I'm happy that if you can get into film in Canada, fuck yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, and and you're getting consistent gigs, dude. That's fucking Yeah, (laughs) I guess I'm stuck here. (laughs) This is my life. (laughs) Yeah. But then there's there's there is a certain point um, where you're like, this is nice, this is stable, this is comfortable, and it's it's it has its freedoms in terms of like you'd go from gig, and then you can take a break, and then sure. take another gig, and then take a break. Like it's like that weighs nice. Yeah. But there's a certain point where people get comfortable, and if you've never really wanted to be comfortable in a sense, and you want to create other things, you need yeah. to, you need to shake it up and say okay. I'll take advantage of this, the way the structure is, where I get paid beautiful chunks, you know, throughout, throughout sure. the year. And then in between, I have to get out of this, uh, this path and go beyond it. I agree. And I think part of the problem is, though, it's like I've loved that as well. And I used to spend a lot of my time, you know, working hard on a gig and then just getting on a plane and traveling for some bit of time. And But then, you know, you're so... Um, 
drained because when you're in a show you're in it like it is all day every day 14 hours almost minimum it feels like you come home you barely have you know you have to make the decision I talk about this with friends all the time you're making the decision whether to shower eat or go to sleep <laughs> and yeah. that's about all you have time for and it really doesn't lend itself you know some people might disagree with me but it is hard to have a relationship or a family or any sort of outside hobbies to keep yourself healthy. And, you know, it's, it has taken me a long time to sort of manage that and I'm still working on it. And I think I forever will. Yeah. Please explain to people um, yeah. that you would go in early before everything starts and then <laughs> you're lucky it's not always you're not i think the last person on set is usually like locations and things like that and grips and sure i'm like just a but, bit before that yeah. just before that you, it's it's and then the moment you get home if it's from a long distance like you're driving in hours just to get home and, and if you're not staying yeah. there in the location it's 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 your life the moment you get yeah. home you try to take a shower as best <laughs> as you can without like sleeping in the shower and then you yeah. know you have to go to sleep only to get like four hours or something like that or sleep. Usually that, yeah, four or five hours. Is and the, then you got to get the fuck and then you got to go drive back if it's a long distance. If it's in the city yeah. and you literally live across the street, that's fucking amazing. Or if it's a studio thing, that's fucking amazing. Still long hours, but like yeah. there's levels to to being drained and, 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 and dead by the end. Well, that's just it. And you're just trying to keep your sanity. And it's never like you know, your day is never the same. Even if you're in a studio, you're on a different set almost every day. There's different challenges or you're on a show that's doing locations and you're literally driving to a different spot every single day. It's very, I mean, it's tough on your brain. You get sort of no routine and like, you know, and this, I always wanted to escape the monotony of it all and like not go into the same office and the same cubicle. And now I'm like, oh my God, those people are so lucky. Like it's a, there's a slight jealousy, but then of course I know I would go over into that world and be bored out of my mind. Yeah. So <laughs> trying to find that balance between it is definitely not easy. Um, I, my balance I've sort of found is taking these studio shows, which I enjoy. Because a lot of the time you are starting similar time of day. Mm. You know, I can start at seven every day and wrap by about 7.30 every day. So I'm somewhat normal. Yeah. Um, I've still, of course, worked a 12-hour day and usually even a bit longer than that. But I'm driving to the same spot and, you know, all I got to figure out is all the different cast and um, crew and all those things that are happening on the day. But at least I'm in the same spot. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's like... A lot of people want that like uh, consistency. Yeah. But then each each thing like we're human beings. We're always gonna find something at a certain time, and we're like, uh. And then you look at something else, and it's like, oh. But at the end of the day, I don't know. No one's really gonna be happy 100% with everything. It's no, weird. everyone's always. I mean, film people we love to complain is right. Like that sort of. It's like what we do. It's what gets us through the day. So. <laughs> <laughs> that and coffee. Oh yeah, no, it's it's it translates because it's coming from other industries as well. It's like you have from the outside, you are a small few that get to do this amazing thing every it's day, true. and you're not yeah. stuck to a, essentially a nine to five. And essentially, like you're you're literally at least creating something. You're part of this yeah. team that is creating a, a product that you can see at the end of the day. Um, sure. whereas like a regular office job, like you probably might not even see the product. Like you're just probably like, 
you know, and then if you disappear, yeah. like, they're not going to be freaking out. They're going to be like, oh, we'll just hire another person. Whereas you, if you were disappear, they're going to be like, oh, my God, we got to shut down. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah. Oh, so, they'll replace me in a second. <laughs> they, granted, but they're, they're like, in the immediate, they'll freak I know, the Judy. fuck out. Yeah. Because there's there is a routine, uh, depending on the position too, that they know you so well, but they don't realize that you're so important till you're till you disappear. Till you're gone, yeah. Yeah, and And it is that I have to admit, it (laughs) it is nice to like, you know, you're right. I get to see a final product. If I you know would tune in to the television, I would get to see the episodes that we worked on, the scripts that I broke down and have you know spent hours doing and. You know, there's nothing more satisfying than seeing your name at the end of a TV show come up in the credits. So there is that, you're right, seeing that final product through start to finish, especially since, you know, time's money. So things are made within a quick period of time. And that's why we work so many hours, right? Like you have to spend millions um, quickly, but you'd be spending so much more if it's if it was stretched over half a year as opposed to like the three months that i can shoot a tv show in so yeah. that's what it comes down to dollar bills oh, yeah. <laughs> no it's it's entertainment it's the hugest thing and yeah. and as we all become more and more couch potatoes it's uh <laughs> in streaming services I, I i was telling my nephews like a while back i was like listen the future is content just yeah, if you for can, sure. I'm not saying you can't be in a music like 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 I don't know some other thing, an engineer or anything like that. But at the end of the day, humans are just gonna get you know more and more lazy. They're gonna get yeah. You know, they're gonna stay at home. They're gonna be in, in the metaverse now. Fucking Facebook yeah. nonsense. But um, yeah, you gotta find a way to like give people an experience, and that's what content essentially is. No, I agree. I mean, I always found it fascinating when I was studying film that um, the thing is like, you know, The Wizard of Oz was made during the war. And even during times when everything is so hard, things are money is still put into such a product in order to keep the masses, you know, happy and content and sort of like with some sort of hope. So no matter how shitty things are, they're honestly going to be making content like you're saying i mean i worked almost the entire time throughout the pandemic and it's very strange that you know of course something like a hospital is an essential but so is the film industry like yeah what a bizarre concept that's the thing that blew my mind i think it was like uh, 2020 september august yeah september august is when you guys kind of came back yeah and the way they were handling it compared to every other industry was so bizarre to me like they were more lenient with you guys, and they well, were. Well, I think what it is too is that we can afford to pay for all those tests. That's, that's what it was. Too. Yeah, yeah. That's you know I had no idea that I think every time and they've tested like I got tested two three times a week. Um, I'm sort of going between onset and offset, but people that were on set were being tested like almost every day. And that's about 150 200 bucks a test. You know, and you're testing a hundred plus person crew, like that is wild, and that's what it really came down to. These are private industries that yes. have the money to do it. So that <laughs> it started to make sense very quickly. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, oh shit, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's what I honestly had no idea how much money it would take to do that stuff to 
for a test that blew my mind i thought maybe like you know 50 bucks max <laughs> oh, <laughs> what do i know yeah and on, i think on most tests now they just do the antigen which is like dirt cheap compared to like the 201 that governments want so yes exactly and of course that's the other thing too it's like we have the money to be able to comply with what the government's requests were so that's kept weird. us up and running but awesome yeah. i'm not knocking it because that's that i'm no nope. i'm not knocking it that's dope if you could it allow me to work uh because the last thing i was on was not like i think it was september and uh yeah they're just doing antigen tests and i was like oh yeah. dope that's pretty cool you know yeah. quick and easy so i'm happy totally. hey, it's, it's work people are safe that's all that matters for sure i agree <laughs> Right. Safety and safety is really important on the film set. I will give it that much. I mean, of course, I work in a department that's, you know, very safety um, focused as well. So I think um, they did a very good job. I will say that on every production that I've sort of been a part of and making it clear on what the requirements are. And of course, now we've even gone so far as to requesting you know, proof of vaccination. And I was mid show when they had to, you know, get rid of a few people mm. because they didn't um, comply. So anyway, I will, <laughs> I give my industry that as well. They're yeah. very safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so your the process of like, or at least um, going from PAing and everything else to being an AD. So for people that don't know what an AD is, can you just get into that? Sure. I mean, as a specifically as second assistant director myself, I do, I work on the scheduling of the day. So I do the call sheet and what we're going to be shooting that day, getting in touch with actors and background coordinators and what props we need and gear and all that. So I'm sort of um, more behind the scenes at this point, which I do enjoy. You can also be an assistant director that's on set doing similar stuff, helping with cast, helping with what the director's needs are, but you're um, fully on set all of the time. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's a big job and you're busy and um, I sort of, I sit in on all of our meetings from start to finish and what people are looking for and what people need. Um, in terms of all the gear as well. Um, but a lot of the time my focus is working with the director and what their needs are. Cause of course there's like, you know, there's a bunch of departments and I'll help them figure out what time they need to be there and that sort of scheduling stuff. But when it comes down to gear, that's sort of more of their job and the production managers. Whereas mine is making sure the actors have what they need and that the director has what they need as well. So. Yeah. which is great because i like working with those sort of creative yeah that's um groups which you, yeah you get to I see mean, their to mind the way own, it works yeah that's it exactly like as much as of course my job you know to a certain degree is creative in breaking down scripts and what's required to shoot um it's also a totally different niche to do something like a production manager where you're working with um the gear and the money that's needed for stuff that was never sort of my forte. I am not good with cash or, <laughs> <laughs> of course I know the gear. I know a lot of the gear that's required to make a film shoot happen. But then of course with that comes cost and yeah. that's just something I don't excel at. <laughs> so yeah, so it's good. It's a good job. And then of course there's the first assistant director. I've done that job as well, where you're on the floor and you're literally running the day. Mm -hmm. So they'll take the call sheet that I put together that 
we've worked on together previously during our prep and they will sort of execute it directly on the floor with the director. So sometimes when the director will step off and go be by the monitors at what we call Video Village, the first AD will stay on the floor and make sure everything goes according to plan. Yeah. Now that's a job I've also, like I said, done, but it, uh, uh, that is a very demanding job oh, yeah. where everyone is on your case. I agree. Either, either you're the most loved person, or you're the, sadly the most like disliked person. <laughs> at least for that moment, and then towards the end, you're like, oh, I'm good. Don't worry. I'm not mean. I just have to get yes. people moving. I gotta corral people to do things. And that's it. I feel like you're like a constant cheerleader. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone expects you to be very um, uh, happy-go-lucky, of course. And you're right. Other people take a different. I maybe I take the happy-go-lucky approach yeah. and. <laughs> try and always smile and be in the best mood I can. But other people, yes, can try and be very uh, controlled. You have to be strict. You have to, you I know, agree. you're setting the rules, right? But there's a balance. There's that. If whoever, yeah. like, I've seen people that can do the balance, and I'm like, you are amazing. And I agree. Don't do the balance, and I'm like, eh, okay. I'm not. And they just make it that. unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> you are the loudest voice, really, on that set at that point, and it's it's yeah. it's your your energy affects everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I always get upset um, when, you know, film is, uh, there's some people that are taking a very strict approach to it, but I do believe like we're supposed to be having fun here. And when it's not a good, like, of course, while also getting the job done and being safe, yeah. but like, it's also, we're in film and if we're, everyone's just yelling at each other and having a shitty time like what am i doing here <laughs> like yeah. this is what i signed up for i still want to enjoy myself to a certain degree yeah because you're creating a world like you're creating worlds like that didn't exist essentially yeah and then you exactly you're literally seeing the whole process so why why be miserable this is amazing you guys the small few to do this <laughs> i know so that's i think you're I right I, it's important to step back sometimes and i have to do it as well and realize that it is a wonderful position to be in and that it's very fortunate that I get to play make-believe sort of every day yeah. of my life. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that you have to like, like embrace the beast, the machine, anything like, but it just means that it's like, um, yeah, I'm not going to like everything every day, but then there's a certain level that allows me to do certain other things as well too. Yeah. And, 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 and a lot of people that are like trying to at least like, stay in one position but really they're trying to be a director or they're trying to be you know a dp it's like you got to stay focused on the current and as well as the future so you got to like do yes. little things in between so. yes you're right a lot of people i know work on their own product oh my gosh especially i find in the assistant director department you will find a bunch of them when as soon as we wrap up working on their own projects and entering smaller film festivals and putting every sort of cent they earned while they do this job and you know and also you're learning so much while you're on the job at least that you can take into your own project as well so yeah, i agree they, it is helpful but yes it's hard to find that time and suddenly you get wrapped up you you have to make that time for yourself i think a lot of people just go job to job to job because there is so much work and you know next thing you know it's been years and you haven't focused on your own project whatsoever mm -hmm. oh, it's it is and that's tough. heartbreaking. It is. <laughs> no, it's true. It's like someone's like, I'm going to be this director and write and everything. And then they get stuck in a system. And then over yeah. the time, it beats you down because you have no time or at least, you know, perception of time. Yeah. And by the end, you're like, I did not do what I wanted to do. 
Exactly. Next thing you know, you're dead. Yeah. (laughs) So it's true. You do, you have to carve out those times, you know, for yourself. I do my best as well to work on my own writing in my free time, but it is hard, especially when you're so drained. Mm -hmm. Um, and you need that time to sort of recoup and have a fresh idea. And of course it also helps like, you know, I find I get a lot, I, my writing can help. It comes from when I'm reading a lot and Mm -hmm. I just don't even have time to read. You know, you just, I just want to put on, I get home from a long day. I just want to watch like the real housewives yell at each other and then just, (laughs) and just go to bed. Yeah. You want to see more chaotic things than you are, than your own life. (laughs) It's like, my life's not bad. I can watch these crazy people yell at each other. Yeah. that's exactly it and then just because reading just almost seems as much as I love it it's a pastime it just feels so daunting after a day of work at times so yeah. I like to save it for my off time and then just carve out those periods to work on your own things is there any current cool projects you don't have to say anything that you that you're currently working on I mean not so much I mean I finished a story for um this writing contest in England to Hull and Back is what it's called and I got shortlisted for them so they put my story in an anthology which I'll be doing a reading for in about a month or so so that's always exciting yeah um I, at first, I was going to have to read the whole story. Now they've asked for only 250 words, so that's a little less nerve-wracking <laughs> than having to go through the whole thing. I do miss, I have to admit, I'm, of course, I wouldn't be probably off to England to do this reading, but, you know, I've done a few other things similar, and I do miss being in front of an audience when it comes to that stuff yeah. and doing it on Zoom. Is, oh, so you, 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 you want to read in front of people. I wouldn't mind, you know, I think it, I think it's a great learning experience and to see those reactions that I'm, cause I'm excited to do this reading, um, even if it's just the 250 words, but you know, if I was in front of people watching how they received it would really help me grow in my writing, as opposed to me, it's going to just be myself. I mean, Maybe there'll be other people up on the screen, but again, it's still not the same. Yeah, in people are, is a lot better. Yeah, yeah. they're so, just focused on what's happening when you're sort of at home. You're focused on all the other things going on around you. and um, But I'm still looking forward to it, so that's what I that's have be been dope. working on personally. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And yeah. then just continuing to write my own short stories is sort of my uh, niche and forte I've found throughout the years working on my own stuff you know i've done some short films um they were okay but i think you know i found that short stories are where my talents lay mm-hmm. in terms of my own projects so that's where i'm at no it's good because i for me, how about you for me, <laughs> there's a lot of weird shit for me <laughs> uh, certain things i can speak on and certain things i can't speak mm-hmm. of uh, for... fair enough <laughs> But I hear I'll, you. I'll say this, um, uh, the way, because uh, I'm going to be constantly talking about where I come from throughout these like uh, interviews and things like that, but essentially I came from, I didn't go to film school, uh, I tried to go to film school, uh, I think it was Seneca at York, and there's like a three-tier process, didn't okay. get, got, I got to the second process and I was, right. you know, 
a kid growing up in, in, in government housing and I didn't have a reel. I really didn't have a reel. I just had, you know, artwork and little videos yeah. and stuff like that. And I think it was early YouTube at the time. YouTube was like back in the days, like when it first started out. So I had a couple of like videos. Didn't get in, <laughs> wasted half a year, then yeah. went to arts and then went to graphic design and then photography, fashion and advertisement, music videos. And I went that way. Mm -hmm. And then more recently is when I came back, as you know, you know, you already know the story, yeah. but for people that yeah. don't know the story. And then I came back and it was good that I came to film at the end of the day because all of these paths that I took were basically different departments on a film set, you know, right. Yeah. You know, hair and makeup, styling, uh, camera, writing, directing, et cetera, et cetera. It's in trying to manage literally a budget of zero, <laughs> trying to create something yeah. with a budget of zero. And then to the point where, yeah, but currently I'm, I'm, I'm in the world. I'm, as you already know, I, I work yep. in film, but as the, as the unit stills, but I'm right now, for people that don't know, I'm, I'm currently a writer. Yep. So, which is, which is not far-fetched because I used to write comics and draw comics way back when. And it, it's more, I don't know, it's more refreshing. So I, that's also an aspect that I'm kind of coming back to writing and drawing comics, maybe not the drawing part, but the writing part, because there's a freeing, yeah. there is a freeing aspect of not worrying about actors, location, mm, budget, too sure. much like large ass budgets and all yeah. the other gatekeepers that come into the process of, uh, of a film, even a short film, right? Yeah, As Absolutely. much as I have the gear to shoot a short film, uh, you, unless you're doing like a one person thing where it's you and an actor and that's it, yeah. unless you're doing that, uh, you're going to need a team of people and yeah, it's easy, but also hard to manage people, this schedule, that schedule, et cetera, et cetera. So currently, um, in working on a film project, yes, but, <laughs> but comics, nice. going back to my roots of comics is a huge thing for Very me cool. right now because the time frame to write it, the time frame, there's no, like I said, no gatekeepers. Yeah. There's absolutely. No, it's like writing for you. There's like, there's no gatekeepers. It's just you and, and, yeah. the, and the material. All right. Yeah. It's all dependent on you. <laughs> yeah. And right now with self publishing is like, you can access the self publishing yeah. and get it out there, you know, Kickstarter, whatever it might be. So there's always ways to bypass a system that is either currently not working or you have to take a break from it or, you have to, you know, in my case, I have one project here and I have yeah. to like take a bit and then do another thing at the same time. So if you, if, if you just wait on one thing, one thing I advise people, you have one thing going cool. Yeah. Try to plant more seeds at the same time. Agreed. You know, yeah. Cause you never know like these, you know, water. No. Things. And you never know who you'll, you know, you keep working and you never know who you'll run into along the way and how just sort of talking to them about what you're working on mm -hmm. and where that could take you, I always found has been very helpful. I agree. So just keep doing it and just keep plugging away at it. And um, I, I guess I sort of never retire myself as well to the thought that like being a second AD is my be all and end all. I mean, I've never really subscribed to that anyway and that someone's job is who they are. I think we yeah. are built from a bunch of different foundations in terms of what we do to create the person that we are. So 
that you have you just stick with that and don't get stuck in this sort of track of being this one thing and that'll sort of serve you well I never think of you know second ADing as my life I've got you know I also do yoga and I've become a yoga instructor and yeah, I like to watch movies back there too. yeah I got it yeah exactly head to Tofino or something and do some surfing yeah <laughs> No, you got to, yeah, you got to like, there, there's a, I remember there's like a bad connotation growing up. It's like, you can't be a jack of all trades, master of none. But then yeah. in this current world, you kind of got to be because absolutely things are moving like this. And if all you're doing is waiting on this, the one little thing and it's, and it's stagnating or it's yeah. other people are making it stagnate. You have to like, let that be for a bit and move on yeah. to the next thing. And then sure. come back to it, you know, because then by yeah. the time you come back to it, you're like, oh, shit, time has passed. I didn't even know how long that was. It's amazing. That's exactly it. I mean, I think that's such a important thing to think creatively in general that, like, just don't get stuck on something, no matter what it is. Like, if I'm writing something and I just can't break free from figuring out how to end something, just go read something or work on something else. Otherwise, you will be stuck there for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, how's your process on that? Because I have a weird ass process for when you get like writer's block and things like that, or like a creative sure. block. I think we all. Um, it's funny because I was doing this. Uh, I was writing for there's a CBC writing contest, and they sent really good sort of tips on uh, sort of daily on how to get past writer's block and all. And I did find them actually very helpful. And I think we all do different things to get out of it. And, but a lot of their strategies are ones I've heard throughout my life and actually apply, you know, and again, just sort of reread something or walk away from it. I myself, I love, I used to be very determined to have to write everything out in mm. a notebook first yeah. before I typed it up, but I'm sort of past that now. I do a lot of like, I have something printed here right now where I'm just like constantly uh printing i use a lot oh, of papers yeah, I know, sorry. Yeah, I world i because <laughs> no, I, I need to see it on yeah. i need to see it not just on my computer it doesn't read properly on the computer for some reason and then i'll just i'll keep printing what i'm working on write a few changes on the paper directly then retype it up and maybe leave that thing that I've printed a few times to read over. It's not like I just sort of read through it once, once make some notes and then type it up and just keep destroying trees. I'll leave that piece printed for a bit and go over it, making a few notes over and over again. But that's really helped my process. But I think I'm still, you know, just like any other writer, one day I'll find that I think something I've written is genius and then go back the next day and hate it and think I'm an idiot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It's that so happens. frustrating because I thought it was perfect the day before. <laughs> so that's hard to wrap your head around. <laughs> no, the Yeah, that process, uh, like I'm, I'm like you in a certain degree. It's like, I love the physical, I have like, yeah. I have, where's the book? Like, it's somewhere here, but I write both. <laughs> I know it's somewhere around here, but I, I have a notebook and then I have my iPad with a pencil. Yeah. So depending on my vibe and mood and if I'm trying to like, if I'm trying to like troubleshoot and I don't want to have something plugged into the wall or whatever the hell it is, I would pace the room with a notebook and I'll just like <laughs> write shit because then at least I can physically see it and it's not getting yeah. hot. My hand is getting hot because it's a fucking digital thing. It's like straight up. I can draw yeah. and doodle on both. So it, yeah. it works. Both of them works depending on the way I'm feeling. It's all mood really for me and, and thought process. 
Well, and I think that's changed for me as well throughout the years. Like I have a stash in my closet here of just notebook after notebook. Mm -hmm. But I think that's because, you know, 10 years ago, I didn't have an iPad or a decent computer <laughs> to do any of this stuff on. So I've sort of adapted slightly, but still prefer um, the written, needing that written aspect of a pen in my hand um, yes. and a piece of paper to a certain degree, as much as I put more of it onto my computers. Oh yeah, because yeah, the only thing I don't like is like, a I am not the best at transcribing from physical to things so i just point right shit and i'm like oh yeah but then yeah <laughs> it's not but that's a good point too as well because like you know that point form is so important i think people think it needs to be this well thought out idea before they you know move forward with it but just start with that i wish i was better at that sort of just like free writing you know just like go and like just whatever thoughts are coming into your head and just write it right. I just find that wastes a lot of my time. Oh, yeah. If you're just going <laughs> to sit in front of something and like go straight into the script or straight yeah. into the book or whatever, that's that's insanity. And, and, and because you're It won't happen. It won't happen. There's spurts yeah. of that. Don't get me wrong. There's spurts yeah. of that. But you can't just be like every day like, uh, 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 uh. no, it's not going to happen. It's bullshit. Even the best totally. writers are like, that's bullshit. It happens in spurts. Granted, you give yourself a couple of hours a day, three hours yeah. or five hours, depending on the person. Yeah. No, most of I've, the, the film that you know, like I, that was all point form because exactly. those point forms are uh, uh, notes are basically larger in my mind. They're only in yeah. point form in the physical realm because it's a reminder. It's like a little note says like it's like groceries, like go get milk. And it's like, yeah. why do I need milk? And then it's in my head. I know why I need milk because I need to do this and this and this and this. So exactly. Point forms is fucking beautiful. Whole film of a point yeah. form. Yeah, so find your own process, but that works for me at least. Yeah. For sure. If not, you know, or just sit there and you'll end up with all work and no play. Makes yes. Jack a dull boy. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and, and don't sit in front. Of, I, I don't know, everyone's different. Like, if you're that per person sure. that can sit down and just bang out a whole thing, more yep. power to you. Where are you and can you help me? Uh, if not, for then, sure. Yeah. I think I think I read, like, I've read a few books on, you know, how to write a short story and I've looked up different points on what other people that write short stories were. So I think what helped me with these CBC notes that they were sending me is that they sort of reaffirmed all those things I've heard in the past on how to sort of get that idea flowing. So there is, you know, there's not one way as it is with everything, but there is sort of a general consensus on how to get your ideas going. Yes. So it was nice to hear, I guess it was just, yeah, reaffirming to know that like, oh, I have been doing it properly or I'm doing the best I can to try and get an idea out there for sure. Yeah, there's there's a level of fear that people have when you look at other professionals or other, you know, standards and things like that. Yes. But yeah. once you actually go into it, it is true. It's like re it reaffirms. It's like when I went back into the, like into this industry, yeah. I was like, oh, you're just reaffirming everything that, that I've, I've, yes. I've been through. And that's amazing, but <laughs> but <laughs> there is an issue where um, even though you don't have the those years of experience doing that, it doesn't mean that you can't work at that level. Like yeah, there's, yeah. So it's just there's 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 fear that goes into a lot of these things. And I I don't, yeah. I'd advise people who gives a shit about the fear because at the end of the day, those people are imperfect. You're imperfect. Just yeah. give it a shot. Who gives a fuck? Just do it. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Just if you want it, go for it. You'll find you'll find a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I know I did. That was that was a weird ass process. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely not. Well, and that's the thing. I think if you were, I mean, and I'm sure you're sort of going about this and what you're doing now, asking people how they got where they are creatively, you're going to get a different answer every yes. time. Whereas it doesn't work, you know, say you're asking a bunch of, I guess, I don't know, lawyers or this or that, how they got somewhere. And like, I think there's more of a similar path to certain careers, whereas mm-hmm. in this, you're never going to get the same answer twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I find... I think my union, which I'm part of, which is the Directors Guild of Ontario, has opened up programs where you can sort of apply, do a course, and then you become a production assistant on set, Mm. um, which has made it a bit easier for people. But I still will never take back the sort of challenges I had to face in doing non-union projects and like not knowing where my next job was going to come from and navigating it on my own, I think made me much stronger um, and more independent then of course, just similar to like, you know, we can all apply for university and college and this and that. And if you have what their requirements are, you'll get in, but that still doesn't guarantee you're gonna make it in life. So I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree. If, you're yeah. heavily, if, you have, if you're heavily relying on the system to make the life for you, it's yeah. not gonna happen. And it's the same thing in film. Right. If you're relying on, don't get me wrong, it's an amazing for DGC to yeah. allow people to become a PA because back then it was like, or even yeah. more recently, it's hard to like, how the fuck are you gonna be a PA? No one's gonna trust you. Totally. So yeah. that's awesome. But you also have to understand, like I said, uh, don't rely on the system to yeah. get you to where you need to be. You have to take the risks. You have to be, you know, on it all the time. Yeah. Yes, agreed. So, so in terms of the DGC, for people that don't know, because, you know, we're both Canadian weirdos, um, <laughs> what is the DGC? So we have a director's guild from every province. So I'm part of the director's guild of Ontario. So that includes different departments. I believe we've got editors, production managers, I think accounting's in there. And then you've got other unions like NABED, IATSE, um the camera one uh six one one six 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 seven six six seven yeah so you've got all your different unions that you can well and i think mine isn't even a union i think it's just sort of like a group or something like that (laughs) (laughs) is essentially it is but i mean once the funny thing is when i was doing non-union projects and i wanted to get on to more of these because i was doing like commercials or music videos or sort of these um, reality TV shows mm-hmm. and was asking how I get onto these other shows. They're like, oh, you have to be part of the union. Okay, well, how mm-hmm. do I get on into the union? Well, you need people to sign off on you that are in the union. I'm like, well, how am I gonna meet these union people on these non-union shows? Like it didn't make any sense again. And like- That's the thing. I, See, that's exactly right? the thing that, that annoys <laughs> a lot of people because I'm like, listen, yeah. If I already have the skills and I already have the resume to do all this stuff, simply because I'm not in this union, I can't do anything. Yeah, that was it. And that's that's a lot of that's frustration for a lot of people. And I was frustration for me at one point. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I guess now this new program, like I'm saying, and I forget what it's called, but they'll sort of take you in off the street and, you know, (laughs) put you into this course. And then (laughs) next thing you know, you can become a PA. But like I said before, I think there is something to be said for 
um, sort of finding your way into it. So I guess essentially what happened with me is that I did a few union shows where people that were part of the union, but were at the time not working on a union show happened to be um, on these shows I was working mm. on and then they were able to sign me in. So and that's, just sort of, again, that it networking takes, though. that's networking. Yeah, right that's there. it. Exactly. So it's really exactly. more about the networking than it is. Yeah. Cause they, like I said, they don't post, the industry doesn't really post jobs. They tr post productions that are going on. Yeah. But even that, is is yeah it's a whole other monster and it's well yeah and it takes you sort of talking to people on set like i wouldn't have known that they were part of the union if i didn't ask the questions that were necessary trying to further my career yeah so asking people that were in the jobs that i wanted like a first or second ad and asking like well what other shows do you do how did you get here and you know then through those conversations finding out that they were part of the union and then, you know, begging for them to sign off on my, <laughs> hoping I'd done a good enough job that they, cause you know, of course, also you don't want to just sign off on someone's paperwork that is going to ill represent you in the yeah. long run. Right. So that also included myself having to bust my ass to make sure that they would sign this paperwork because I, of course, wouldn't want to sign anyone in either that I thought was going to <laughs> do a terrible job. I agree on that level, but then there's also this, like, it's kind of sad. It's like, you know, yeah, it's both, yeah, it's understandable, but also sad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely took a long learning curve that I was very much on my own for. There was no one to go to for the advice, that's for sure. And you just had to, keep sort of finding new people to ask. And like you were saying, you know, with my roommate, Jill, um, with her, it was just like, you know, she wasn't working in TV and I was, and I needed someone on set to come help and she was available. So, so yeah. much of it, again, she would also just have like a very different story on how she got into this. Mm -hmm. We all do. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. When you hear people, how like people that are, have not even been in industry or went from literally an engineer to film and I'm like okay so it's like there's met, all these people come from different places yeah and absolutely it's, yeah. it's amazing to see at the end of the day that they all converge on this industry because it is it is a fun weird industry with weird ass people and other creative weirdos it is and it's definitely not a career though that you see people coming into later in life though right it's like you either have you know, everyone's very young and keen or everyone's like older and disgruntled and talks about yeah. how much they're going to get out of the industry. You never really see someone like, I guess, sometimes in teaching um, start when they're in their 40s or 50s coming to it as a second. You really have to sort of you get in and then you never leave. <laughs> yeah. The it's like that, the mafia. Yeah. In terms <laughs> of like it depends. It also depends on the departments, because when I look at yeah. it, there's more people that start later as a director on from like random industries and stuff like that and they become directors sure. whereas people in the other departments camera and also that like they've been in it can at least roughly consistently since they were in their early 20s and like stuff yeah. like that so it's only like the directors and maybe like producers that they yeah they're the only ones that come out of nowhere they else? can for sure because sometimes a producer is someone just sort of contributing money to a project right yeah. so they can come from you know whatever industry they came from and they mm -hmm. made some cash and now they've decided to get into this world by you know contributing a financial amount yeah. to a project that they believe in that they've read a script and that they like so 
Yeah. I mean, money can get you a lot of places. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the industry is all about you know investment. The whole, the whole thing is investment. That's right. That's all it is. Yep. Um, now, in terms of the Canadian industry, what is your views on the Canadian industry? Well, as you know, I've worked for CBC for many years now and thoroughly enjoyed it. So <laughs> I am a big, I have to, you know, promote my yeah. um, Canadiana in this sense because it's always been a lovely, wonderful group of creative people that very much make you feel involved. And I think maybe that has to do with the fact that it's smaller projects. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's something I've seen ever since I was growing up, like, you know, watching like do south or something oh, like yeah. that, you know, like we've always had that very like corner such, gas. Yeah, such and all Canadians, those... <laughs> like specific middle of trailer the park boys. Like, yeah. 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 And I like, I like that though. I like the idea. It only, it kind of reminds me of like reservoir dogs. Um, mm-hmm. Just that concept of, you know, making something in one room yeah. or like almost like a play or a theatrical sort of performance. Cause I've always loved the theater as well. Um, I like that idea of having the content be the most important as opposed to the action and the locations, which I think Canada does very well. So it means that the writing is very good and that you can feel that it took a group of people that really cared from the grips, electrics, camera, props that all put everything into this and were really a family. So yeah. I will always be a big fan of I'm not always who knows something go awry but <laughs> yeah. like it's it's served me very well that's for sure and when I started as well in music videos it was like you know I was doing like some 41 like Sam Roberts and all that stuff so I've been very entrenched yeah mm-hmm. commercials I think I did like Canadian Tire and Tim Horton so <laughs> I've very much lived the Canadian film life because I think it's very important because when I was in film school, we did do a lot of, you know, what does that mean to be Canadian in film? And they did mm-hmm. focus on that a lot instead of just sort of going over to our neighboring states, which yeah. we do a lot in a lot of different departments, not not in film departments, I mean, but in terms of like literature and the news and movies, programming, ever so many fashion, you know, like yeah. we we borrow and collide with them a lot. So I've liked making this sort of being part of this Canadian part of film for sure. It's been important to me. No, I do on that aspect. I 100% agree on that. It's, it's such iconic Canadian things. Yeah. And the, but though there, I do have my own beefs about the whole, you know, (laughs) go on (laughs) and how, at least coming because I was a fashion kid and I loved, you know, fashion television. I was on, I keep repeating this with right. people. I'm like, and that was City TV. And then City TV got bought by, if people don't know, that's like Queen Street, you know, there's a building that was much music mm-hmm. and everything. And they would have a show called Fashion Television. And Fashion Television was well known globally mm-hmm. as the fashion show on TV. And Jeannie Becker was everywhere. Yeah. Everyone knew her. And that put Toronto on the spot. And a lot of these supermodels, like Linda Evangelista, came from Canada and Ontario. It's like, so all of these things were there. And then the sad reality is when I think it was Bell took over, they just essentially destroyed it. And I'm like, what are you doing? The future is still fashion. And the future is like the show. Why destroy it and why degrade it? 
So there's a certain Absolutely. level that I, I, I didn't like that the Canadian um, industry was doing to these older but more still creative things. Yeah. And, and then I, I agree. I beef with that. Because, yeah. Like, what the hell? Why would you do that? Sorry, that's my beef and it'll always be a beef. No, I agree. I remember actually going down to fashion television when I was, like, first starting out. I'm not sure why I was there, but I remember just, like, being in awe of the studio and loving the space there yeah. and the vibe there. And that was before, I think, all of that sort of Bell Media came in and started to change it, for sure. I can understand that. And I think we... I think what you're saying, too, is they took away from what I'm saying, that sort of you know yeah, very such important a Canadian, Canadian yeah. feel it was yeah. Canadian but also yeah. international and put the city that we, right. that we grew up in on the spot speakers corner they got rid of for, for yeah. years and then only Absolutely. recently that they brought it back or last couple of years they try to bring it back no you destroyed yeah. a, a, a like a through line and you cut yeah. it in half and then you expect to start it up again I'm like no look you it's too late you lost the generation yeah. of people that like, I grew up on, like, seeing Speaker's Corner on CTV at night, like, these random Same. fucking people talking nonsense, but it's also entertaining. You know I loved I mean? it. And then <laughs> you would see friends, oh, my God. He's on speaker. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, why would you cut, like, a, like a generation lost that stuff, and then yeah. you're expecting a new generation to pick it up? And I'm like, that's not going to work. Don't do that. For sure. We were very local, and yet with that local thing that we built, we're very international. Yeah. And then just sort of scrubbed it and it, you're right it's hard to get back we should have just kept it sort of the trajectory that we were on yeah. and doing well with yeah i agree absolutely because on, on a separate note i'll talk to people but there's still it's like that that aspect of that that show informed a lot of young people that wanted to be designers that mm -hmm. came from here um other creative people either in fa film fashion all these other things so yeah. to get rid of that just uh yeah sorry that's my beef i can get into it no for i agree so long, but yeah that's... i think i i agree because i think seeing those things for myself Locally, also yeah. with me with no connections made me think well i should be able to figure it yeah. out like you know i can get into this if i just sort of hang around on queen street long enough <laughs> yeah because it gave you maybe your... meet the right person yeah. yes because because people would flock to the city because because yeah. it, it would be That's on right. the spotlight and then be like now it's dead down there yes. it's so sad this is the thing for people that grew up in toronto this is the thing toronto yeah. had an actual identity for sure an actual identity and it slowly became so bland and gross in my opinion i still it's my hometown but it still no, became bland and gross so yeah. to the point where there is no canadian things really and it's so small like little points in like you worked on kim's convenience like that's a that's a canadian thing or what is totally it? Is it shits sh like shits creek shits creek that's another yeah. canadian thing so it's like there's dots you know there's dots and yeah. things like that but we perp like we did it to ourselves we destroyed this through line that was going to put this whole thing well i agree and i mean those two that you mentioned you know kim's convenience which i loved working on and Shit's creek which i never had the pleasure of but i hear was great as well but like those are things cbc are keeping alive but it just can't be just cbc yeah. being the only ones sort they're of they're centralized that's the only that's my yeah. issue cbc is the only body that is doing a lot of things and, and don't get me wrong it's beautiful it is but, but it should be only, more yes. than just them. If yeah. you only centralize this thing, that means that they're the gatekeepers. That's they're right. They're the gatekeepers. And yeah. let's be honest, there's a lot of things that I don't like about the CBC. You know, they're, they're very For safe. Sure. They're very safe. And they don't take risks. 
and when they do take risks, it's not really a risk. It's 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 trends. Calculated risks. Calculated risk. trends, yeah. basically. Sure. So they won't go beyond that. So and that limits a lot of creativity for people that wanna that have amazing ideas, but sadly probably have to leave the country. Well, I think we all need just more than one way to get in. That's for sure. You know, and we can't all be there. There should be more options in Canada in terms of so many things, oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Even when it comes to like literary and like writing, I find as well, it can be challenging. There are only, you know, I've written for one magazine, but it, that's not to say I haven't um, sent my stories to other magazines, but there's mm -hmm. also a very niche Canadian sound a lot of them are looking for, yeah. um, which isn't sort of my writing to a certain degree. So just the only having... Um, a certain list of places that I can send my writing to, you know, it'd be What's nice that? to have. Well, now that things are a little, at least a little more international these days That's growing true. up, there are a few more places that you can spread out to. However, I would like to keep things within. Um, I'd like to do things to promote my own country and, you know, give to that and give back to that. So mm -hmm. like on a, on a, on a separate, like on a, on a similar level, there, they, at least there's, there's, there's international conventions that have still happen, which I'm always sure. grateful for. Like um, there's what they call TCAF, Toronto uh, Comics Art Festival at the reference type, the beautiful reference library that probably yeah. everybody has seen in music videos like used all the time because it's for a sure. modern, weird, beautiful building. But yeah, things like that allow people to come in and writers and things like that. So there is something that yep. allows you to branch out but locally, it's 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 sadly it's non-existent. There's no fashion weeks anymore. I think I I've worked on one of the last major fashion week organizations that I started with, uh, yeah. Toronto Men's Fashion Week, and it's yeah. where is this? There's none of that anymore. I know. So I agree. Canada like eats itself and it destroys itself, and it's it's sad. I mean, TIFF can't be our only sort of internationally known thing. You know, we need. There's so much what more we could be doing. Yeah. I agree. And I think, but I think that also means, I agree. I think there's always that debate of like, do you have to leave this country to become successful? And you shouldn't have to. But yeah. that being said, then you have to give us those outlets here to be able to use. Otherwise, people are going to go elsewhere in order to find that success. I agree. So and that's, that is a sad reality. It, it's, yeah. it's, if, if the, if the place that you grew up in and you love is not showing you love yeah. or showing you outlets yes. to do it with here, then you can't get mad when I leave. And Absolutely. I agree with that. A hundred percent. Yeah. If, yeah. So at the end of the day, it's, it's, we need to build more things in Canada, but, mm -hmm. um, it's harder because the mindset of Canadians are more physically conservative. They're, they're, they're not going to take risks if, you know, unless it's like, uh, workshopped or or, or peer mm -hmm. like what is it these uh, these groups um what's it called uh, what is those groups that fuck I'm like my, my <laughs> those groups that like um it's like a TV show you know when you have TV shows and you, they have like uh, research groups like basically like they go here right you think this is cool yes. do you think this is nice and I feel sure. that's what Canada is they're constantly doing that with everything they're like yeah. does this rather than taking a risk on good content and yeah. good art they're always like doing that and it's never to the For average sure. person that they're doing it to they're doing it to their own little group within their own yeah. little group and that's the issue a lot of canada stuff is centralized create creatively and yeah for sure that doesn't breed too much um amazing new shit or amazing or new change organizations yeah or change yeah 
Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Mm. Well, this is the <laughs> well, it's here. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, it's a, it's a sad reality, but uh, it's still my hometown. So hey, I'm know. still gonna keep plugging away at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I think that's the most important thing we can do. I do have to admit, when I was in school, both at Laurier and Sheridan, they did stress like that it is important to sort of build up what we have here and to keep working towards you know creating this Canadian content. Mm -hmm. So I think it's it's great that they stressed it but like you're saying if there aren't the outlets for us to use then you can stress it all you want but people are still gonna have to leave to become any sort yeah. of successful so the the idea is there but we need to be able to execute it money yeah it's well really yeah money like you have so much like talking to you and all this and the whole point of this mm -hmm. podcast is you know there's talented people that i meet all the time and that i know and you know the reality is they might have to leave. They might have to leave the yeah. place they love. Uh, yeah. So if a place is sh not showing you the love that you, it's not that you deserve, it's more of that, you know, for your work at least, if they're not showing you love in that regard, then go to a place that shows you love. Of course, why wouldn't you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm, let's leave it at that sad note so people okay. can think. <laughs> So people can think and dive into Oh my God, I'm so the sorry, side. what have I done? No, don't worry, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy because you're no, know, this like, is good. I love like, like melancholy, dark humor and like things like that make people Same. think and like be like, I got to change Canada. I didn't really realize this. Da, 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 da. So good call. Yeah. I, I rather have that. Yeah. I rather have that. And then someone listen to this and be like, oh my God, you're right. I got to change this. I got to start an organization. How do I become an agent of change? There you go. So I'm happy in that regard. I don't want to be like, well, Canada's amazing and everything else is amazing. So it's so bye. perfect. Bye. I love yeah, you, Canada. No, <laughs> nope. Canada has flaws. Canada is that's not perfect. Right. So that's right. We are you... nice people, but we're not perfect. <laughs> oh yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. Tell people where they can find you, reach you, anything. Oh gosh, I've gone so like MIA these days. I know. <laughs> You can find some of my writing at feathertail.com, mm -hmm. the Feathertail Review, if people are interested in reading that. Um, and you can find me at my Instagram if you want to check any of my, you know, day-to-day -day life out, which I have not been keeping up with because <laughs> I have gone inwards Good. towards myself to yeah. take some time away and find some peace. So, but those are two platforms, I guess I would say, at Lauren Guyot, I believe, is my Instagram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and that's it. All right, weirdos. I'm right. Rai, the Cosmic Nomad. This is Lauren, the amazing Lauren. Until next time, peace, weirdos. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Let me see. Ba, 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 ba. Stop recording. Hey, weirdos. Once again, it's me, the Cosmic Nomad. I know you're getting tired of me, but look. We have the Nomad shirt out now in the black. We have the Sade Clean Heart shirt in the black. It's, it's black is a good color, you know. And we have the Ed Flower shirt, which is one of my favorites. Uh, check it out on our store at acidxtone.com and on Instagram at acidxtone. And uh, you can also check me on Instagram at Cosmic Nomads. Well, nope cosmic underscore nomads yeah i have a lot of instagram accounts it's 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 problematic at this point but 
Um, yeah, don't forget to like and subscribe and hit the bell notification for more updates. And till then, I'm my the Cosmic Nomad. Peace.